This podcast will contain spoilers for the White Lotus season finale. Magma Channel's podcast. Hello, I am your host of co-hosting. And I'm Jody. We are a married couple. We watch TV shows and movies. We'll see TV shows. Let's jump right into it. All right. Um, Actually, make sure you subscribe and give us good reviews, okay? Yeah. And it's brought to you by Honey. Go to joinhoney.com slash married. That helps us out. Now let's jump into it. Okay. We got to stretch before we jump. White Lotus season finale, episode six, Departures. And this uh, this this series kind of slowly creeps up on you. Yeah. And it's it's good. There's it's a whole lot of character study. There's some discussion about maybe some bigger things. Mm-hmm. The big thing that comes to mind to me is like white privilege and sure. or just the privilege coming into an area, dropping their stank all over the place with no consideration for the people there. Yeah. And then leaving. Yep. And going back to their lives yeah totally yep but the finale ended uh we found out who was in the box yes who who the human remains are yeah and all because he took a poop in a luggage oh my gosh have you ever done that inappropriately somewhere i can honestly say i've never done that somewhere inappropriately i've never done that i've had um i've had uh a friend of mine drop a deuce on the hood of my truck oh my god that's not a friend that's not a friend seriously i don't oh i don't want to know who it was that's gross you don't know him this is a long time ago. Uh, okay. his name was ryan and i don't remember his last name exactly he's not your friend anymore yeah no <laughs> I, I could ask my other friend he'd probably remember his name oh my i kind of want to see what he's up to he's like a big skate punk kid so i you know you could see that scene coming and i was like Oh, they're not going to show it. They're not. They're not going to show it, are they? Oh, that's not what I thought he was going to do. I thought yeah. he was going to do more damage, and even like, I thought it maybe he's going up to the Shane's room to kick his ass. You know? Yeah, I thought he was going to fight him. Like yeah, wait, th- wait there to beat him up or something, or at least drop some, you know, some truth one hundred, keeping it real on him. Like you mother effer, you yeah. spoiled little bitch. Bah bah bah. Yeah. But instead he, you know, and it's like kind of symbolic of, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, of like the haves and the have nots. Yeah. Like the have nots, like your only real recourse in anything, whether it's like politicians screwing you over, the rich, da, 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 is the, you know, real life version of shitting in their luggage. <laughs> I got poop. I'm going to make it stink on you. Yeah. You know, you almost have no real recourse against the powers that be. Hmm. Interesting. Brain thing. Yeah, that's pretty deep symbolism there. But but this, but this whole show is kind of wrapped around that, you know. Yeah, like kind even, of. Well, and and the opposite, like the you know the opposite side of that coin is you know Shane. It comes from a money a money family with privilege, and right. so he he doesn't you know he's doing things to kind of sabotage his opponent, but. He's using his influence and his clout and his money to do yeah. it. Yeah. And that's the thing is like these people come here and they expect the absolute best. And if you don't give it to them, they are going to make your life not hell, but 
way more stressful. Sure. And annoying. And Armand, God bless him, you know, when he wasn't cursing the guy's name behind the counter in his office, you know, he was very like, oh, yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We will take care of that for you right away. Goes into office like that piece of shit. Yeah, he's very accommodating. Yeah, but, you know, even like all, it's like all the people in the show were, horrible on some level yeah the only one who maybe wasn't was quinn who in the end was like i don't want to do this i just want to paddle to fiji with these dudes on this yeah. outrigger boat yeah you know he didn't care about the screens anymore he kind of found something that connected with him Absolutely. in his soul yeah but even like even in the beginning you're kind of rooting for rachel yeah, you know, especially when she starts talking about how I wanted to be a journalist and maybe I'll do this piece that I just yeah. got offered. I felt like she was this poor, oppressed wife, you know. Like, yeah, but but even in the end, she turns out to be kind of an asshole because she goes back to him. I know. And she, you know, I, I think the, the train, the rails were meant to go on here is she leaves him I, and pursues her journalism stuff. I for sure thought she was going to be a victim of suicide based on watching this show. Like I thought for sure that was her in the human remains box at the airport that, that, oh, yeah. that she was, she was getting desperate to have any connection with anyone and not really finding that. <laughs> and yeah. So I thought for sure that was going to be her. No, uh, I think you, me, and most people watching probably thought it was too. And that's kind of on purpose. You know, they set it up in the beginning very much. So you thought, yeah, here he is, uh, the newlywed, and where's his wife? Yeah. Oh, and he's wearing glasses. He's kind of dour, and there's the human remains. But uh, you and I thought we called it. Yeah. Uh, about episode four, we said, you know what? I think the dead body in the box is Shane's mom. Yeah. I think uh, Rachel leaves Shane, and somehow Shane's mom gets accidentally killed. Yeah. But that wasn't it. Nope. No, so they... they it wasn't really like a twist, but it was kind of like a, oh, okay. Yeah. It it was a little surprising. It was. Yeah. yeah it was. And, um, yeah, but like everybody in the show is horrible. Even Paula, who yeah. she tries to do something that she thinks is right. To stand up for the right cause. Yeah. Yeah. But it ends up not only, and she's doing it to help Kai. Yeah convinces him to break into the room steal the expensive bracelets whatever yes but the irony is that ended up screwing kai even more yes at best he gets fired at worst he gets and i'm quoting av club here when i say this at best he gets fired at worst he goes to prison he did go to prison actually he oh, was he arrested I, they oh, said yeah, yeah armand told them you know that he had been arrested and what his what their name what his name was that's yeah yeah so yeah. he's she tried to help him out, ended up screwing him over. Yeah. And ruining his life. Yeah. Yeah. And that guilt ate her up. Big yeah. Time. Yeah. But then even Paula, like, you know, she throws away the necklace he made for. Yeah. Goes back to being Olivia's little butt buddy. And, yeah. you know, probably goes back to their glorious high school and yes. on to Columbia or whatever. Yep. But, uh, yeah, even Tanya, she's. Her and Belinda and their interactions. It's interesting because we feel like, okay, this is going to be good for Belinda. Things are going to go good for Rachel, kind of. Yeah. Even though we thought she was going to die. 
But then Belinda, you start to kind of think, oh, this isn't going to work out for her. Like this right. Tanya chick is flaky. Yeah. And she ended up just like, here, here's money. I'm sorry. I can't help you with the business. Yeah. <laughs> just, thro- just again, throwing her privilege and money and bye. I'm not your friend anymore. I got to go to Aspen. <laughs> I know. Poor Belinda. She granted, she got a nice fat envelope of money. I'm curious Still. to see how much is it. Yeah, yeah but. but- I mean, it's not enough to probably start her dream business. Yeah. You know, she would need some serious capital for that. So, And that leads us to uh, the, the audio clip we have here from the White Lotus finale. This is where Rachel earlier was at the spa crying. Belinda kind of reluctantly consoles her. Offered briefly, her. Gave her, her a card number. with her cell phone. Yep. Rachel, you know, uh, takes her up on it and she's spilling the beans to Belinda in her room. Yes. And it didn't go quite what you thought it would, how it would go. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't want to burden you with this. I'm just having a moment. (laughs) What do you think? (sighs) (laughs) You want my advice? I'm all out. <laughs> Gets up. Walks away. Rachel's got a look on her face like, what? What? Door. <laughs> I kind of like it because to me that, it, I mean, it probably took tremendous strength and growth for Belinda to be like, you know what? I just made the, this mistake. I'm not going to do it again. Well, you know, And also she's probably a little resentful that. Yeah. You know, here's this woman who's been handed the golden egg. Not just this woman, like every woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tanya apparently has a lot of money. And Rachel, who's like, I could put yourself in Belinda's shoes. You have this, you know, attractive young girl who's just married into a shitload of money. Yeah. And she's crying because she can't write her journalism piece. Yeah. You know, and it's and Belinda's like, I, I rub people's necks. Yeah. For hoping for a $40 tip. Yeah, for Fuck sure. Fuck you. Like she's, yeah, she's been working hard. It sounds like she's maybe a single parent, you know. Yeah, go, go find to, an expensive therapist to help yeah, you Yeah, trying to I'm make done. ends meet, and she has just had enough, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, good for Belinda. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they announced a second season of The White Lotus, so look forward to that. It'll be a whole new cast for the most part. All right. Kind of an anthology thing. Yeah. And it might even be in a different location. It's interesting how this group of people all came, arrived to the island together, and then kind of the end is they're all leaving together, you know, kind of on the same flights and whatnot. Yeah. Um, It's interesting. Tanya is going off to have her little fling slash, they called it party. Yeah. With the- uh, Greg. Uncle Rico. Yeah, from, uh, you know him as Uncle Rico Napoleon from Dynamite, Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. <laughs> it's it's funny because she's doing that knowing that he's probably going to die yeah. sooner than later. Yep. So she chose that over possibly building a, a deep friendship slash business relationship with Belinda. Yeah. I mean. Yep. It is interesting. And. You know, she was kind of talking to Belinda. It's very, this is irony. She was talking to Belinda about how she doesn't want to do like 
transactional relationships. Right. But then she hands her a big pile of money. Like, like here, I feel bad. So here's the money for my guilt, you know? Well, when you're in a transactional relationship, whether it's a business partnership, you know, and you want to get out, what do you have to do? You have to pay out your share, right? Sure, for the I most guess. part. Yeah. But I don't know that it's just so ironic to me. Yeah. Like, you're talking about that and you hand her a big pile of money. Okay. You know, and maybe that's enough money to get her started on her spa business that she wants to do. Who knows? I don't know. Hopefully she didn't leave it in that drawer. Hopefully hopefully she took it with her. Maybe that's why she told Rachel, like, I'm out of advice. Basically, he's like, I got a pile of money now. I don't need to do this. I think she just got burnt. Yeah. You know, and I think think she's just done over it. Like, you know, you, you can't pour from an empty cup and maybe she just feels pretty empty. After that, getting her hopes up and then having them dashed again, you know. God damn rich people. <laughs> Anything else on the White Lotus season finale? Uh, or the whole season? I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, me yeah. too. I, I was a little disappointed to hear that it's probably going to be in a different location, you know, because I'm guessing the White Lotus is kind of like a chain maybe, but... Hmm. I don't know. I guess that's good. As long as, as long as it's kind of tropical. Right. Right. Yeah. We're in the Virgin Islands this season. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Fine with me. I am cool with that. Yeah. And, but I do like that Hawaiian music. The The mm-hmm. score to go along with the show was fantastic. So I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll yeah. watch it. I'm excited. Um, when does it come out? Do you know? Oh, no. I mean... Years. I'm going to have to wait years. You know, usually it's like a year from when we wa- from when you watched it, you know? Okay. You know, that's a good guess. But with COVID stuff, you know, it might be a little longer. I don't know. Sure. But The White Lotus, definitely go check it out on HBO Max if you haven't already. It's a good show. Interesting. Like, it's a slow burn, but it's worth the ride, I think. <laughs> So we've covered your issues with your mother. Um, can you give me an idea of what kind of things you are scared of? Oh, yeah. I'm afraid of discount codes. Discount codes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, I get scared when I'm checking out with an online purchase and the promo code box pops up. Why is that? I get anxious. Because it reminds you of the abandonment you felt as a child. No. I get anxious because I gotta go search all over the internet for a promo code that will actually work. Hmm. Oh, yes, I see. This is the mind's way of needing to fill the void, but not having the tools to do so without inherent stress. Have you tried the Honey plugin? The uh, what? The Honey plugin. It's a free plugin that installs in seconds in your browser. Where is it? In the closet next to my skeletons? No, it's at joinhoney.com slash married. Oh, sounds good. I. I think I can do that. You and 17 million other people. Saving like $2 billion. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a commitment I can make. Speaking of which, let's go back to this Becky girl. <laughs> she took the dog. Go to joinhoney.com slash now. Do it. Moving on to a documentary. Getting all smart with our brains and stuff. Learning some stuff. Yeah. This is the uh, Woodstock 99 documentary, which is a part of the Music Box series on HBO Max. So far, we're two for two on HBO Max today. But uh, it kind of goes into with uh, interviews with the promoters and the bands and people associated, some of the people who attended 
um, about the debacle that was Woodstock 99. And yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting watch. I mean, there's a lot there that I didn't know about. Same. Do you First remember, all, do you remember when this happened in yeah. real life? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember seeing Kurt Loder on MTV be like, okay, we got to get out of here. Yeah. You know, and I remember seeing that clip back in the day. Yeah. And I remember people riding on plywood and I remember some fires going on. Right. But I don't remember it being like sexual assault and, yeah. you know, uh, Lord of the Flies type of fires <laughs> going on and bedlam and yeah. looting and destruction. And, yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that bad either. Um, you know, I, I don't recall. I, I recall seeing the same clips kind of like what you're referring to you know, Kurt Loader and kind of the fires and the plywood and stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, that was a time in my life when I worked at the hospital, like all the time. So I didn't watch a lot of television then. Um, so I don't recall it happening and remembering it being really a bad thing. But watching this, oh my gosh, yeah. this was terrible. And, it's and for a lot of, a multitude of reasons. And what also was kind of interesting and I didn't know is a, that there was a Woodstock 94. I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. And B the original Woodstock. Um, I think you and I have been under the guise that Woodstock original was like, everybody loved each other and it was so great and yeah. it's peaceful. Yeah. But apparently there's a lot of the same shit going on. Like yeah. there was some rape, there was, uh, you know, sure. some bad shit other than bad acid going around. Yeah. Like Woodstock 69 yeah. was not as bad as 99, but it definitely wasn't what we've all been told yeah. it was. Sure. And that's understandable. But I don't know. Just, just looking at it from a pure planning and event aspect, this was really a poorly run event. And they still... Take zero accountability for that. The one guy, I think his name is Greg. He's got the curly hair, kind yeah. of a smush face. Yeah. He seems to kind of tiptoe up to the tip line toe. of yeah. being like, you know, yeah, we yeah. fucked this up. Right. But the one John guy yeah. he's flat out like, what's the problem? Yeah. This is shit that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, we did this and did that. Shut up. Yeah. No. As he someone came across who, very much like an asshole who's not taking any responsibility. Maybe that's a legal reason. Sorry. No, it's okay. It just, as someone who has attended events and festivals and know how they should go and what a successful one looks like, this was just a shit show. And from the get go, you know, and I, I don't know. It's, it, it's a it's a blend of things. You got kind of the right the right crowd or, or the wrong crowd really at at the right time and it just kind of exploded. And Yeah. So yeah, it just it was not a very good run event. Yeah, I didn't realize this was they did this at a an abandoned Air Force base. Yeah. And in the middle of summer on hot concrete the yeah. whole time, yeah. oh God, that just adds probably about 50% more frustration to people attending, especially when it's like, it's hot out and, oh, you want to, here's some $4 bottles of water. I feel like it that, was- but That's pretty typical anymore. It though. was like $8 for water no, or something like that. I don't know. Bucks. But it anyway, it- 
it didn't seem very organized either. You got a lot of people in there and not a lot of organization. It was kind of like there's stuff everywhere. There's tents everywhere. There's people everywhere. Well, and the fact they didn't have the the Kaibo situation. And yeah. Like that was that went tits up probably what day two of the three day festival. Yeah. And there's no excuse for allowing that stuff to overrun and there's shit rivers all over the place. Yeah, like, gross. Like you're opening yourself up to lawsuits. Sure. I think. I mean, maybe the ticket stub says on the back, you know, you by taking this ticket you're not suing us. I don't know. But there's extraneous things that I think would supersede whatever it says on the back of the ticket. Like, I, I don't know who can count on. You're going to have to be traipsing through a pile of shit to get to the, uh, the bong sales merch. Table. Sure. I mean, it's disgusting and it is a health issue. I mean, like after that, after that first day with the walking through shit, you'd be like, all right, we're leaving. Right. I would not stay. <laughs> I don't need to see corn that no, bad. Uh-uh. Yeah, and, and some of the bands were not helping, like... Yeah, there's that. Limp Biscuit was riling people up, and what was really surprising is the Red Hot Chili Peppers, when shit was starting to go bad, like the fires started, Yeah, they asked Anthony Kiedis to go back out, Yeah, play a song, but before then, tell people to... To calm them down. To calm the fuck down. Yeah. What does he do? He goes out there, he's like, all right, let's fuck shit up, everybody. Yeah. It's like, no... Dude. Yeah, I mean, you could you could blame a couple of things for kind of turning that dial up a couple notches there. You know, there's it just it, it was just a kind of all the cogs in place to make this bomb explode, you know. And you mentioned blame and yeah. it's like there's blame to go around everywhere. Yeah. The bands, the organizers. Yeah. The fans. Yeah. Um Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just, just sort of, wow, a shit show. And it's funny how they were going to do another one in what, 2009? Oh, really? Or fairly recent, maybe more yeah. recent than that. And they 2019, were, maybe. they ended up canceling it. Yeah. Yeah. As they should. Yeah. But you think they would have learned their lessons by now. There's no way I would go to Woodstock after watching this. No, I mean, there are other quality festivals that happen around the country sure. where this type of stuff does not happen. So to me, that is poor management of that event, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, you can go to other festivals to have a similar experience, but yeah, I would not go to that either no. based, based on what I saw here. So Woodstock 99 Peace, Love and Rage I think you should go check it out on HBO Max. It's, um, if anything, it's a good kind of look into a window of like, if you're like into social, uh, sociology, yeah, you know, like the herd mentality. Cause Absolutely. you know, there's good people in that crowd who got caught up in the, oh, they, said, burn shit. they said as much, like yeah, yeah. I am not a person who does this sort of thing, but yeah. you know, you're there and you're mad at you the situation and yeah. yeah, you get swept up into it and you do things you wouldn't normally do. And they said as much. And that, that part was fascinating too, to hear people's firsthand accounts of how things went. And that poor guy who passed away as a result of oh yeah things like just hearing his diary and his friends talk about their experience going yeah. and whatnot. And 
It's sad. Somebody died, you I know, know. I almost forgot about yeah. that guy. There, there was a death there. For yeah. Right now, though. Yeah. So, yeah, go check out Woodstock 99. Pretty yeah. interesting stuff. It's kind of a glimpse <clears throat> into the into the culture of that time, too. I mean, we kind of grew up, came up in the 90s. I mean, that was kind of my formative years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the culture and the way things were. And it kind of explains so much. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really think about some of that stuff, you know. I remember, you know, seeing, they, they mentioned the Girls Gone Wild stuff, you know, kind of that era. And, oh my gosh, that was on TV all the time. Oh my God, yeah. All the time. And, you know, it, just some of the bands, some of the music of the time, and, you know, kind of some of those things. So it's kind of a good glimpse into some some of the culture of the time but. Real, real quick i interviewed joe francis the yeah. creator of girls gone yeah. wild and i to this day i always regret it oh yeah 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 all right so woodstock 99 peace love and rage hbo max go check it out go do it do it do it and now just real quick oh yeah we have an installment of eh, we tried it eh, yeah i was looking forward to the val documentary yes. yeah and it's about Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. the actor, mm-hmm. phenomenal in Tombstone and, you know, Goose from Top Gun. And started to get about 10, 15 minutes into it. And I realized it's not like a documentary. It's more like an autobiography. Yeah. It's about him. Apparently he's been shooting video for 40 years. Sure. Of himself. Shocking. Yep. Yeah. And they kind of stitch all that together and created a story. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like. I don't like watching them, like The Last Dance, you know, about the Chicago Bulls. It's a sports documentary. Uh That was produced by Michael Jordan's company. Sure. So to me, it's like, well, you're not really going to give me all the information because being as you were part of that, invested in it quite literally. Yeah. You're not going to show all your cards. You're going to pull some edits here. And so that's kind of my feeling with Val is it was essentially created by him and his son or- that didn't bother me so much. It's just, it was, it was sad. It was sad to see. There's, yeah, there's that too. Kind of him and his struggle now and to even speak. And to me, it's just sad. It's just somebody's life. They were living out their dream. And then now that's taken away from them. They're, they're, they're alive. They're, you know, living, but yeah. it's different. It's their, their dream has been taken from them. And so, to me, it was just like, I don't know if I can stick this one out. It's right. just so sad. No, it is. And it's, you know, he was, when he, in his prime years, your Top Gun. Willow. Uh, Willow, Batman Returns. I mean, he did some good work. Tombstone. He's great in Tombstone. What like, was the one with uh, Mira Sorvino where he was, was he blind? Oh, was she blind? Um, the Saint. Is that it? No. He's, he's like this kind of like disguise wearing kind of. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Secret agent type yes. guy for hire. Yeah, I, I watched that movie that back in good. the day. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey Jr. He's good sure. in that. Yeah. And then to see him as this feeble, decrepit man who uses a, the vocal box yeah. device because of his throat cancer. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it was a little sad. Yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's one of those things like in the mood, maybe check it out, but I'm not really chomping at the bit to go check out Val. Sure. 
We tried it. Yeah, yeah. we tried it. Uh, I think that's going to do it. All right. For this week's episode of Married with Channels, make sure you subscribe. Follow us on the Twitter at, at MarriedWChans. Go to joinhoney.com slash married and get the Honey plug-in that helps us out. Tell your friends. Share, tell your friends. Share your friends. Well, sometimes, maybe. John, John, go be friends with Mike. I'm sure you know. Okay. Until next time, I'm Moose. And I'm Jody. We'll see ya. Bye.